Let me also, again, kind of set up why are we kind of jumping around. This isn't typical for us as a church, but we are setting up to go through our values of worship, teaching, nurture, and reaching. And so, again, if you have not been watching online or you haven't uh, uh, gone through the sermons of the past couple of weeks, we're asking that everyone, because they kind of build on off, off of each other. So we ask that you would go back and understand about the prayer, how the Holy Spirit um, is the one who takes us into the will of God. And today we're looking at spiritual gifts so that you might ask the question of how is God, how has he equipped you? How has he gifted you to be a part of the church? And how do we fulfill that um, in the worship, teaching, nurture, and reaching. And so hopefully by next week, you'll have a survey on every chair in this, uh, in this congregation to where you can take it, pray about it, fill it out on that day. That's what we would hope is that you would fill it out and say, this is where I'm gifted. This is where I would like to, to plug in. But there will also be an opportunity online for you to fill in because we're going to develop our committees once again. And so again, you heard me last week talk about we're developing our committees, getting new committee chairmans, and then having people sit on those committees to develop those um, programs looking to go forward for the new two to five years. So and that would allow our elders then to become shepherds, which they're supposed to be, and a little bit less of the oversight of the everyday operations. And so please be praying about that. And this is, again, part of the process. So again, if you haven't listened, these sermons are building off of each other. And so please go back and make sure that you are connected so that you know exactly where God's going to be leading you and plugging you in here at Northside. So we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. And so let me give you the bigger context of the passage. So we don't actually have the letter, okay, for the questions that are being asked and that Paul is answering here. So we know that there's probably at least five letters from the, from the Corinthians, but we don't have this letter, but we know that Paul is answering at least six questions from the Corinthians. And one of the questions that he's asking or answering is in regards to the issue of spiritual gifts. And that's where we find ourselves at uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. So he's answering their questions of what it means to have in regards to the purpose, use, and then also sometimes the abuse of spiritual gifts within the church. So hear the word of the Lord. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. For you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however that you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, it's your Spirit that we go into prayer through. We do it through your Son's name, but we come in the power of the Spirit. And he's led Paul to write these downs in his power, for your good and your words. 
And so, Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit will now give us eyes to see and hearts to understand and will help to give us the understanding of how we have been gifted to build your church. And so, Father, teach us this morning, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now, I'm not going to be answering all questions about spiritual gifts. I'm not going to tell you, um, we're not going to be talking about which gifts have ceased and which ones are still ongoing. We're not going to be talking about these specific gifts even as they are named in the Scripture. We're going to talk the big picture of what is the purpose and why has God given them to us. So the first thing I need you to understand is you are gifted if you are a believer. So the Apostle Paul starts off by talking about those who were um, believers and unbelievers, those who were the the Jewish faith and those who were Gentiles. And so he starts off by saying um, that you have to understand that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings that confession that Jesus is Lord. Now, he's writing this, and again, he's kind of connected, and again, this is part of the problem of going through a topical sermon. You don't get the context of everything. So again, these people are are kind of struggling with these people who come and start speaking in tongues. um, What are they saying and how how should I deal with it? Now, again, if we're honest, most of us understand what it means to kind of deal with that. Have you ever been around people who speak a different language around you and you begin to start questioning whether they're speaking about you? Okay? And it doesn't even have to be a foreign language. Have you ever been at a table and you've looked at somebody in a restaurant or something like that and you kind of lean over to somebody and go, look at that person. And then you go, don't look right now. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you just looked. Are they still looking at us? Why, why are they looking at us? What do they want? You've seen people kind of lean over to the table and, and then kind of look back at you. And I live in paranoia land. So I'm like, what do you want? I didn't even want to go to France when we went on our big trip until I knew that we were going to be with Stefan because he spoke French. Because I wanted to be able to ask, are they speaking about me? Are they talking about me right now? And we all kind of have that paranoia, don't we? Well, it's really no different than what the, um, the, the people here in Corinth are dealing with. Because people are coming and they're speaking in tongues and they're going, well, what are they saying? And what are they saying specifically about Christ? Are they coming and saying that, that he's accursed? Or are they coming and saying, Lord, we don't know. And, and Paul comes in here, he says, I want, you to, I want you to, one, calm down. All believers can only speak truth. It's believers who speak truth about Christ. So it doesn't matter what language it's coming in. Understand that if they're a Christian, they're saying that Jesus is Lord. He's not accursed. So we want to understand that, again, we're talking about profaning the name of the Lord. And so as the Holy Spirit comes and begins to move, it's the Holy Spirit that moves your heart. And so there isn't a sense where anyone who is a believer can say that Jesus is accursed. Now, we can save the words, but once you're saved, you're saved for all times. You don't lose your salvation. So it's we as Christians cannot accurse God. So even when it is talking about the times where Jesus, if you were to say, all right, you have to deny Jesus or go to death, a Christian is not going to deny Jesus. So we have this understanding that we're not able to profane. And so we have this understanding that it's to the old, to the people when they were Gentiles, they're the ones who were going to the mute and there's a, a, a sense of understanding here. So you're talking about those who are speaking tongues, those that are mute. You go to idols that cannot speak. You go to things that cannot answer. And that's what you used to do when you were an unbeliever. 
Now, does that mean that there are sometimes unbelievers who can't say the words, Jesus is Lord? Jesus tells us very clearly that they can. And what did Jesus say? Depart from me. I never knew you. So we have to understand that there are those that are true followers of Christ, and that's what he's trying to say. There are those who are true followers of Christ, and there are some who are still unbelievers. But those who are followers of Christ are not going to curse him, and they're going to say that Jesus is Lord. So this happens, and why this happens is because there's a giftedness of the Holy Spirit. So again, there is something that happens when you become a believer that you... um, are someone who becomes gifted with a spiritual gift. Have to. At least one. Now, there are some who have multiple gifts, but everyone in the church, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a spiritual gift. And it's very unique, which means God has given to you something that only you have. Now, can it be on the same level as other people? Yes, but you are uniquely gifted by God for the purposes of being in the church and edifying it. And so you have something that only God has given to you. Now, again, and this happens at the time that you become a believer. So are there spiritual blessings that happen afterwards? No, no. Don't let people come and say, oh, well, I got the second blessing of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, and so now I have this special gift that you don't have. That's untrue. The Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. He doesn't have a a secret society within Christianity. And so it's the giftedness that comes through him, and the question for us in regards to our gift is how are we going to steward it? How are we going to use our gift? How are we going to use it to build the church, to spread the gospel, and for the edification of the people? That's the question to us. How are we going to steward our gifts? Now, I want to give you the background. There are a list of gifts, and you'll find these four passages. So you have them before you. You can write them down. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, Romans 12, 3 through 8, and then the passage we're looking at this morning, the 1 Corinthians 12 passage. So those are the four passages that have the lists of gifts in the, in the Bible. Now, I do not believe this is an exhaustive list, which means I do believe that there are other spiritual gifts that are given. Okay, so the question that we have to answer, and especially in today's um, understanding of what's the purpose, is this are gifts that God gives through the Holy Spirit for the church. It's for the church. It's not for external things. It's not for self. It's for the edification of the church and the membership within so it's to that that we're going to keep our, our focus and our attention. So it says that we are given these gifts so we have been empowered to serve with our spiritual gifts. Empowered to serve. Now, how do we know that? Okay. First of all, it says in your passage that the Holy Spirit gives to us these gifts. He gives. So again, I've already told you, he gives you at least one gift for the use in the church. Now, how do we know what that that service is. Well, Jesus is the one who says that he brings about the service. Jesus is going to let you know how to use your gift that you've been given by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives, Jesus sets it up for your service, but it's God the Father who brings the effect. He's the one who makes it effectual. 
So he's the one who takes what we're doing, the opportunity that we have to serve, and if it's effectual, it's because God's made it effectual, not because you are some superhuman Christian. Okay, I would always struggle when we go on mission trips and people come back and say, I led this many people to the Lord. And I go, you didn't lead anybody to the Lord. You told people and people responded, but it was God who did the movement. God was the one who changed hearts. God was the one who changed the heads. Okay? And so there's that sense of we need to let those kind of things go and understand that it's the Holy Spirit who gives it to us. It's God who puts us, it's Jesus who puts the service before us, and God's the one who then fulfills it and makes it effective. So the Trinity is moving within us, but again, he's moving within us for a common good. See, it's not about self. Has never been about self. It's always been about using our giftedness for others. Um, there was a pastor who used this illustration. He said he had a couple of guys in his church that were both had the gift of evangelism. Okay? But he said one would always come to him and say, every time that I would give the gospel message, no one ever responds to it. No one prays. No one asks to receive Christ. And he said he had another one that always said, every time I give a gospel presentation, they always pray the prayer. It's amazing. They always pray the prayer. Now, is one better at evangelism than the other? No. One is a reaper. One's a cultivator. They still are called to what they're supposed to do. They're both told to go out and to preach the gospel. Actually, all of us are called to go out and to preach the gospel. But these guys were gifted to for it very specifically. So one was a cultivator of the gift and one was a reaper. Neither one was better than the other. So we have to understand that it's given for the common good. So again, all of us are called to do everything within the scripture, but there are some people who are gifted very specifically. Now, all these gifts are interconnected. So again, if you have, maybe uh, think about this. If you have back problem, it might not actually come from your back. It might be because you have a bad foot and the foot affects how you walk. And so when you are walk a little bit differently, that affects your knee. And when your knee gets out of joint, that affects your hip. And so when your hip is uh, affected, then that might affect your lower back. So it's the same thing in regards to the giftedness in the church. We're all interrelated. We're all connected. Okay, so if there's a problem with the foot that begins to affect the problem in the knee, that begins to affect the problem in the hip, that affects the problem in the lower back, please understand that it's just not, hey, this is a back issue. We're interconnected. So as we're interconnected, we got to understand that, again, we can all be a part of the things of saying, how is this one group of this area of the church beginning to affect me? And if one area of the church isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, then does that affect other parts of the church? Yes. It's why I'm praying for a children's director, a children's minister, unpaid. But we're praying because we have people that are coming to our church that are sitting here and kind of going, we don't have a children's ministry up and running. And what we're not going to do is abuse um, Coleman as he comes here and goes, Coleman, hey, not only are you going to do youth and young professionals and learn what it means to be an assistant pastor and start getting uh, your ordination as well as we're going to teach you how to do uh, premarital counseling and, and how to do all that kind of stuff. We're going to throw in the children's ministry um, on you there too because we don't think you need to see your family. But there are people who are gifted and called 
to do children's ministry. And it's an area that, again, we're weak in. And so that affects other things. So there are people who said, hey, we would love to be a part of this church, but we're just struggling because our kids don't find a place. So again, all of this starts finding its place. It's interconnected. And so we've got to say, okay, so God, how, how have you brought people? How have you equipped people? And then to ask the people, all right, are you going to be a part? Are you going to step up and answer the call? So we get this interconnectedness and we do it all to the glory of God and we grow his church because of it. But there are counterfeits, and I want you to understand that there, there are some counterfeits that happen. Because we, one, we need to know that Satan is the source of counterfeits. And so everything that God does for the good of the church and for the, the good of the gospel, Satan um, imitates. But he imitates it in a way that is counterfeit. And so what happens is he is, becomes a source. And what he does is he tries to get us off track. He gets us disorganized. He gets unfocused. He gets us re- redirected into another area. And so all of these things begin to start happening when we begin to take our, our eyes off the focus, if we take our eyes off the vision. And so Satan starts coming in here, and so there's things like this, and let's make this very practical. So we can go to a Bible study simply for knowledge, and we can start being puffed up, and we can say, I know a lot of things about the Word of God. I know a lot of things. But if we don't take that and put the word into practice, if our, th- if our theology doesn't become practical in everyday life, then it's worthless. I, I tell people all the time, if we come to this service and the Holy Spirit isn't here, then we've wasted an hour and a half of your time. The Holy Spirit has to move. He has to convict. Now, again, he's convicting you at a different level than he's convicted somebody else. People ask me all the time, how do you preach a sermon to 160 different people? I don't. But the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit knows exactly where you are and what you need to hear and what you need to focus on. And he directs that to you. And you might hear something completely different than somebody else. But that's the power of the Spirit. That's a pretty cool thing because that's how he makes the church work together. And so as we begin to work together, then we have to make sure that we don't allow the problems. And this is even why part of this question is even brought to the apostle Paul. They're saying there's some problems in Corinth's church because there's some people who are using their gifts and they're bragging about it. And they're saying, look at me, look at who I am. Look at what I'm doing for the church. And they begin to demean other people. Oh, you don't need that person. Their gift is nothing. Now, I want you to truly think about this. If the, if the Senate and the House and the Executive Office and the Legislative Office take a week off, is that going to affect us? No. We probably will all get up and say hooray. But if the sanitation department takes a week off, well, now that affects us. Who's more important, the senator or the garbage man? See, if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, then what happens is we begin to think that we're more important than we really are. And so we begin to demean other people, and we begin to demean other people, and we begin to to beat other people up. They begin to withdraw. And when they begin to withdraw, they don't use their gifts. And when they don't use their gifts, that affects the body. And when the body is hurting, the whole body hurts. 
And everyone that's 50 years old knows exactly what I'm talking about when you get out of bed and you're just like, oh my gosh, this hurts and this hurts and this hurts. And I've got to warm up to even start walking. Think about that in regards to the church. So we're called to be drawn together, interrelated, interconnected, so that we might do what God has called us to do. Don't be jealous of other people's gifts, and don't demean anyone's gift. They're all important in the body of Christ. So we have this empowering to serve, but we also have to understand that there's a variety of gifts, but there's the unity within the Spirit. So there's the unity within the diversity. So again, the Holy Spirit gifts us, each one uniquely, each of us a gift. And so as he gives us the gift, then what needs to happen is we need to make sure that we're cultivating this gift, which means, again, and I'm never going to stop saying this to you, you need to be in the Word and prayer. You need to be. And again, there are multiple opportunities that are printed for you out in the Welcome Center where you can get another reading plan. And again, I don't care if you try to read the Bible through once a year. I don't care if you're reading the New Testament four times a year. I don't care if you're trying to read through in 10 years or whatever. Be in the Bible. Be in the Bible. Be in prayer. Come to prayer. Establish prayer times. So you should be in private. You should be with groups. And you should be corporate. For all things. So we should be cultivating and growing this. But again, remembering that there's no unimportant gifts. Everything is needed. Um, there's this illustration about Billy Graham. And so they were talking to Billy, Billy Graham about how he was so um, effectual in regards to his going out and doing all of the things that he did in his lifetime. And so they were trying to ask Billy, well, what was it? You know, was it, is it you? You know, is it just you and your name that's the big thing? Is it, you know, Cliff Barrows who's leading the, the thing? Is it George Beverly Shea who comes in and sings the songs? What is it? And he said, I'll tell you. He said, I have a woman who goes before every, um, every conference that we have, and she goes into a hotel and she prays for the week before the crusade comes. He goes, then during the crusade, she's in the hotel room praying constantly 24-7 during that crusade. And then he says, she stays after, and she does follow up with every church that was a part of the process after the crusade. You want to know how we're effectual? Go talk to her. I'm a spokesman. I'm known. When I have to be official, I use my title, reverend. But I am not important to the church more than the least one who's gifted. There's nothing special about me. I'm, of all people, you guys can fire me today and find another pastor like that. You find someone who's going to love people unconditionally and love them up close and love them from afar and send notes and keep up with them and ask them and send text notes to them, emails to them, loves them, bring meals to them, and stuff like that day after day and never noticed. Those are hard to find. You want to kick me out? Kick me out. But don't ever kick out somebody who's doing the ministry. Because they are probably more important to this church 
than I could ever dream or imagine. So how do I find my gift? How do we find it? Well, let me tell you, there are some tests in spiritual gifts inventory. We have some out in the foyer that you can actually take home. You can fill it out, and it will give you some insights on, oh, do I have the gift of this? Do I have the gift of that? Um, Those are okay, okay? But I I do want you to be careful with those, all right? Because, again, you might be thinking, and sometimes we think a little bit more highly of ourselves, especially when we're taking those inventories. Of course, I'm a great giver. Okay, Jeff, well, why don't you give your new car away and not the old van? Whoa, 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 God. Now you're stepping on my toes. Maybe I don't have the gift of giving. So those are okay. You can, by all means, take them. If we run out, I can print some more for you. That's not a problem. But it's probably better to have confirmation. Confirmation from people you know within the church. And again, take some time. Get teaching on the gifts. Have some mentoring. If you feel like you're called, have someone mentor you in the gift. But definitely pray and definitely step out. If you think you're called, listen, it's not going to be automatic. Like just your gift that God's going to give to you is like, you're not going to become the greatest talented person in the world automatically. God has put you in the church to learn. It's why I always say, too, that the children today are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And if we're not allowing them to come up here and to to be a part of things and to to go and, and be a part of the church, then we've missed the point. We need to allow them to, to come up here and to maybe sometimes even fail. I like it. I like um, looking up here and, and seeing um, McCartney up here, and, and he was rocking out a little bit. And I got a little excited because I got, um, what did I get? Guitar Hero for Christmas. I was like, <laughs> baby, I'm next. I, I saw that little, you know, the little power slide thing. I was like, man. I'm going to be up there with him. Not. Because that's not my gift. It's not my gift. But he ministers, again, as much if not more than I ever could dream or imagine. So how do we end today? One, I want you to pray, especially as we come into the season of the values of worship, teaching, nurture, and reaching. Please pray that the Holy Spirit would lead and direct you. Very specific and to lead you and direct you into a ministry that God is calling to you. And every one of you should have a a call, an inkling in your heart right now is just saying, maybe God's calling me. Maybe God's calling me to fill this spot. Maybe God's calling me to fill this blank. Okay, and then ask him, God, is this where you want me to be? As you have opportunity, talk to your elders. Come talk to me. Come talk to somebody that you know that's in charge of that area. And then as you have opportunities starting next week, please fill out the information. But again, here's my last pet peeve for today. One of my frustrations is when I talk to people and they say, your church. Well, your church needs to do this. Your church needs to do that. It's our church. It's Christ's church. So when you come up and you speak to me, don't point your finger at me with your church. (laughs) 
because I'm going to turn it right back around. Our church, how has God called us to minister here in this area of Brevard County to change, listen, to change the world for Christ? And he's doing it, and he's using you more than he's ever used me. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank you that you call us and you gift us. And in that gifting, Lord, you bring people who are introverted, who feel like they are nothing, and yet you equip them with a ministry that they cannot even begin to fathom how important, how, how much it is used to build your kingdom, to edify your church. But Lord, you also equip those who are extroverts who go out and, and can, can take us to places where we, for some of us, are uncomfortable, but they, they begin to open up things. They begin to speak to people. They begin to invite people. Oh, Lord, we need all of us to come together because we're all united in Christ. And so, Father, please, please allow the Holy Spirit to send gifts in abundance but more than anything, that we would be united in our gifts and in our love for one another so that we can therefore go and do what you've asked us to do, to glorify you in all that we think, say, and do, to go out and to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, and to set captives free. But we would do that because we're part of your body, your people, who bring you all glory and honor. And so we pray this in the power of the Spirit, but we also prayed in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen.